thinking about how um, I tweeted and then deleted that if you put someone in the same place on your burner as they put you on theirs, you instantly transport to be in the same place. Um, you, you deleted that? I think I deleted it. I think it, like, the moment didn't That's feel right. That's such a good tweet. It was a, listen, it was a message in a bottle. Let's be real. Naya thought we need a jingle. Danny writes songs, so she was assigned this task. Reconnecting the podcast. This is the worst jingle. Um, you didn't comment on my headband. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I love the headband. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm really wearing an all black fit today. From the, from the shorts to the headband. I love. Have you ever wore, like, when was last time you wore all black? And camp doesn't count, and neither do funerals. Like, um, it was the other day, I was wearing my black crop top and leggings from Aerie. Oh, okay, that was recent. But even, but even if I'm wearing an all black, there has to be, like, some pop of color. In my case, it was green sports bra. Okay. Which, like, you could see. Like, I, I can't do, I can't commit to all black. I need to have some color. Yeah. Um... Shall we begin? Yeah, let's begin. Okay. Hi, Mai. Do you want to answer questions today? Hi, Danny. I want to answer questions so badly. Okay. We got we got some good questions. Um, I think I think a good point to start. Mm, which question should we? Okay. Should we start with advice? Yeah, let's start with advice. Okay. This one says, "At what point is it rude to end things over text?" They didn't really give context to their situation, but just at what point is it rude to end things over text? I think that you and I had this one out a couple of weeks ago and you ended up being right. I feel like the case with many of these advice answers is that it depends, which can be vague, but we'll elaborate. I agree. Okay, I think that I think that there's a best practices. Why don't I share my best practices and then you can comment on it and share yours. Okay, I think in general it is unless you went on like two dates with someone if you spent like a significant amount of time with them whatever that means to you I think that it is best to do it in person um like I think the ideal the ideal situation is like say (laughs) a lot of this I feel like a lot of this applies to like college dorm rooms but like hey are you in your room I'd love to stop by and talk um but I very much understand that best practices are not always possible. And like, if for some reason you're not going to be seeing that person in person for like weeks, I think text is fine. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. But also, I think that best practice depends on like the best practice. The best practices depend on the situation. If you if you aren't in a college dorm, I think that it's it's less easy. It's it's much more difficult to. Um, to say, hey, like, let's, like, you know, let's meet just for five minutes so I can tell you I don't want to see you again, even though I'm asking to see you right now to to break up with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I like think that- a lot of it is, like, if you're going to be seeing this person, if you're going to be, like, consistently interacting with this person, or if you want to be friends with them, then I think in-person is good. But I think if you don't, like, if if all you're trying to do is, like, end it and not, like, begin a friendship... I don't think it's that necessary to be in yeah. person. I would agree. I think this I think this is a good time to mention um, a good old succession reference of the NRPI. Oh wait, can I can I share this 
I'll, I'll yes. explain how this came to you. So the reason I started watching Succession in the first place is that over fall break, I was visiting my cousin and her roommate um, in DC, and they're both, they were both watching Succession, like, before I got into it, and they were trying to get me into it, and um, my cousin's roommate, Camilla, made a joke where she, like, referred to, like, so, like someone who was, like, emotionally insignificant in someone else's life as an NRPI, which is a reference to Succession in season two, um, when they're going through these, like, logs of, like, people who, like, um, like, migrant workers or sex workers who, like, died on cruise ships, um, if they, if they were, like, not a passenger, they referred to them as, as to the incident as no real person involved, NRPI, and I thought that was such a funny joke to call someone an NRPI that I started watching Succession, (laughs) and then Danny started watching Succession. For other reasons, in addition to the NRPI, but it really is, I mean, it's, it shows how horrible the people are in Succession. It was like, I could tell that it was such a good joke, and I, like, wanted to fully get it, so I was, and then, like, two days later, I got back to school, and I started watching. Yeah, um, but it also, it's a really, I think it is a really good term to, like, apply to your emotional, like, relationship situations, like, sometimes people, you know, they can be great, they can be, like, good people, but they just aren't for you, and they aren't, like, they aren't significant, so... If it's an NRPI, I think they, it's not rude to dump over text. I I think that I would argue that like if you're if if it's reached the point where you're dumping someone over text, they're not an NRPI. But we could have different standards of what makes someone an NRPI. Maybe dump is a bad word. End things. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more polite than ghosting. Was that a targeted attack? No, no. <laughs> um, my, I, well, I regret it every time I've ever ghosted anyone. It's never stopped me from doing it again. And it's not that I like intentionally, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ghost this person. I like to begin with, don't respond to texts immediately. But like, unless I'm like constantly in contact with someone, I just have a really bad habit of like putting off responding to texts and then just never doing it. And it's one of my... One time, me and Danny, I, we were making, like, lists of our crosses to bear, our, our boulders to push up the hill if we were Sisyphus, and um, I, one of mine is being a serial ghoster. I'm really sorry to everyone I've ever ghosted. I'm, I'm so sorry. Feel free to text me about it. I'll see it. I might not respond. Yeah. <laughs> Ghosting the sequel. Um... This is reminding me, and also, like, I feel like my, this this is going to summarize, like, you know, my approach to these things. Um, it's the episode, it's the episode of New Girl, where um, Schmidt is teaching Jess this, like, dating app similar to Tinder. I think it's, like, Dice or something. And she says, like, and she says something about, like, you know, like, she doesn't want to, like, hurt people's feelings. And Schmidt says, so you just walk around every day caring about other people's feelings? And she says, Yes. And he says, isn't that exhausting? She says, yes, of course. Like, it's that. I'm not doing a good job. I'm not remembering the quote exactly. But you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, yes, I remember what you're talking about. Um, it can't, like, I'm, I feel like I'm the type of person. Wait, are you saying it's emotionally, it's emotionally exhausting to not ghost someone? Yeah, because I would feel, like, I, I would just, I would, 
it hurt, like it hurts my feelings to think that I'm hurting someone's feelings. I think that this is a good example. Give, like, the respect of yeah. saying of like not uh, you know. Right. People think we're really similar, but I think that this in a, in a lot of ways we are. But I think this is a good example of how in a lot of ways we're like an odd couple duo. Yeah. <laughs> the the two that'd genders, good, ghosts and doesn't ghosts. Like the way like how all of our differences. We could do that. Um, I feel like I'm like reading one of those Reddit things where it's like me. 18f and my partner blank what you know okay so me and my high school boyfriend both seniors dating since beginning of junior year want to go to different colleges we apply to lots of overlapping ones and like some that are close by to each other but each of our dreams slash top choice schools are over two hours away from each other we've sort of talked about doing long distance but low-key putting off the more serious convo until we both know where we're going for sure I'm not sure if we'll stay together or if we should. Factoring someone else into making my decision is kind of terrifying, and I don't want my high school relationship to be a deciding factor of where I go for the next four years, but I also really care about this relationship and feel like the inevitable convo is going to be really rough. Okay. Interesting. I think what... I have initial thoughts. Do you have initial thoughts? I have initial thoughts, but I I feel like... Mm. here's my number one initial thought my number one initial thought is don't let someone else like there's no way to like say that like completely remove someone else's influence from your decision because you're always going to be thinking about that and like I think that's unrealistic to say like don't think about it but like don't let someone else influence your decision making I think like whether you go into college in a relationship or single, or whether you've recently broken up with a long-term relationship, it's, like, hard. Um, I I think that, like, I I can think of a lot of people who were together in high school, broke up for college, and then went to different schools and, like, later got back together. And I think that, like, there's, I think that there's too many moving parts in everyone's life for us to have an answer to this question. Um, But no matter what, it's going to be hard. Good luck. Okay. I think, that was, I think that was a good, that was a good, good advice. Can I, the first thing that I thought about was, first of all, I think this person is American because they said senior year, junior year. Oh, college, very good point. Not university, not grade 11, 12 in university. Um, I feel like a lot of like the, the couples who I went to high school with, some people like decide, like went to different schools, are still together. Some people went to the same school, aren't together. Some people broke up, went to same school, got back together. Like, every every variation of it. Can I tell you a and variation also, of it that I think is a little out there? We, we might cut this. People who moved to Israel together. Oh, oh, very interesting. I think that's that's a messy one. <laughs> um, I would also say that it seems like this person's kind of having a lot of anxiety over, like, the conversation and like talking about it which first of all I feel like both of us can kind of relate to that and it reminds me and I I I say this all the time for like when you know there's like a difficult conversation that you have to have I just I it always reminds me like I I say um the scene from Little Women where Laura goes we have to have it about Joe we have to have it out like I just imagine when I think of a conversation like I know I'm gonna have like we'll have to have it out and like it's so valid to be you know worried about that but um it also seems like maybe putting off the conversation and like waiting and again like being in this like state of kind of like not knowing is what's also making it very very intense very stressful 
um and like your relationship shouldn't like it shouldn't have to be it shouldn't be a stress in this kind of way um so i'm i really sympathize with that i, I feel re- i feel really bad for this situation i have some um, other thoughts just not about this like this question specifically but about long distance relationships in general through the lens of camp first of all i think that camp has made i think that going to camp you like grow up seeing a lot of examples of like pretty successful long distance relationships like cross-country relationships and i think that has definitely impacted me and like what i'd be willing i almost feel like i'd be more willing to be in a long distance relationship with someone from camp versus like someone who goes to binghamton like goes to the same school as me because like because i'm not from new york it like it feels like a long distance relationship even if we go to the same college and like in theory our lives are heading in the same places but also a lot of this has been impacted by like at least from canada to america i feel like covid has impacted the way i see this because living in detroit it it's it's used to be very easy to cross the border like if you're under 16 you can just cross with a parent's note and like a birth certificate and like everyone has enhanced licenses it's so easy to get across but now it's like such a gamble and I have to imagine it's made I mean I have to imagine I know it's made a lot of long distance relationships whether it's like romantic relationships or like family relationships a lot harder or friendships or fr- like, or well, friendships well, hey oh yeah I, I, I so many things to say I feel like when we talk about like long distance relationships I think that like no one really addresses that like it takes a lot of work to maintain a long distance friendship and I think you're, you're the person who said this to me um when you said that like how both of us have put a lot of work into this like into this friendship in a way that like we wouldn't have to if we lived in the same place long distance friendships take work but they're worth it that's true I love it like I love all of I think that a lot of the like little routines that we have will make like could prepare me to be in a long distance relationship like one of my favorites is like every Monday we send each other like a long email like we take turns for who sends the first email to just like kind of get us started for our week and I think like little things I, like that we started doing that in like just in November yeah. because things are things are kind of crazy we needed we needed something to ground us but also like making a podcast maybe you know what if you do choose if you you and your boyfriend stay together maybe make a podcast together that's a great way to make sure that you're you know keeping in touch that's I a fantastic idea like, we will subscribe and we will give you five stars of course uh, we'll have a joint episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Back, so back back to the advice question. I think that I think it's a conversation you need to have, and like, as much this is like the type of thing where I will give advice that I will probably that I myself would be bad at taking in terms of like try not to worry about this conversation until you know that you have to have it once you both you know independently decide where you're going to school. Um, but also, like, I think in general, like relationships, whether it's romantic or family or friends, like they take logistic planning in a way that like you don't always think about if like you know you live really close to the people who you're close with but if it's the type of thing that you both want to put the work into and it's something that means a lot to you I think it can work again I think it depends I think it's it's obviously a risk to go into like college with like with a relationship let alone a long distance one um I'm sure a bunch of people would advise advise against two hours also two like like a lot of this has to do with like is there is there a train route is there a bus route does one of you have a car like if do you know who this person is no this is someone who has like followed me on twitter for a little bit 
Okay. Um, but there's a lot of like there's a lot of like background details that make a difference. Um, I think it's two hours. I think you can do two hours. But if you're but if like if that's stressing you, maybe it could also be a sign that like you have to talk about other stuff too. And don't leave it undefined. Do not leave no. your relationship undefined. <laughs> don't do it. I think, oh, I, one more thing. Whatever will uh, be, I, will be is something that you know in the back of your mind, not a relationship status. <laughs> That's not an option on Facebook. Okay, moving forward. Um, <laughs> I have one more thing to say. To, I have one more thing to say. And now I forget. Sad. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but I... I I hope that this, I hope that, I hope that you and your boyfriend work things out and figure out what you're going to do. Oh, and I remember, um, some of my friends who were in relationships in high school, they kind of just, they were not going to the same school and it wasn't even like a question. It was like, they, like one person was like, you know, knew they were going much further away from any of the like Ontario schools and they like broke up, like they sort of broke up in February because they thought like we're just not going to be together like we're not going to stay together what's the point in staying together and like until the end of the year and then like in March like right before COVID bad timing they're like let's just get back together let's just enjoy like the end of senior year together um which I think is like such so it's so interesting like you know you're not going to be together but you're like let's just enjoy this like I think that's I think there's something really positive about that with um high school relationships I agree can you read the next question yeah Okay, kind of a very basic question, but I'll explain my situation as I feel it would give more context. I like this person. Can straight men and women have purely platonic, like no flirting, no tension whatsoever friendship? Question mark. I went to an all-girls high school and growing up my close circle of friends were always girls. I'm in first year uni now and now have a friend group with lots of guy friends who I love as friends and I'm getting closer with. But sometimes there are moments where it seems like there's something else and I don't know if I'm overthinking or if it's comp het. Ah. <laughs> um, should we define what, what comp het? You can define, you, def- you define comp het and then I'll share my initial thoughts. Okay. Comp het refers to... um compulsory heterosexuality um and it's it's like this this concept where it's like as a as a young woman like do you do you really like men do you really like boys or do you just like things that you've been told you should like yeah it, well it's like heterosexuality is culturally enforced and like is the backdrop of every interaction yeah okay what are your initial thoughts i have a lot of thoughts about this so yes it's definitely possible and like I, let's think of this in terms of binaries only. Let's get, let's get real, like, there are, there are men and there are women and there are straight people and not straight people. I, and it, interactions are either platonic or not. Yeah, it's definitely, of course it's possible, I think, but I think that it's people who say that all of their friend, people who say that all of their male friends are completely platonic are, like, kidding themselves. I think, I, I would say I have, a lot of very of pretty close male friends and only a few of them are like truly platonic 100% platonic this this reminds me of and I want to talk about is your cousin Shira's other other theory oh yeah this is something this is more wisdom I got over fall break I think that okay well I'd also like to add that like when I say like only a few of them are completely platonic it doesn't mean like I would like date all of my friends I think it just means that like all of our interactions are 
affected by compulsory heterosexuality in a way that others aren't. Um, Something that Shira said to me, I I wonder if she, I don't even know if she listens to this, she better. Something that Shira said to me, she's getting a lot of shout outs this episode, is that she was like, I have one straight male close friend and like, I'm not looking for others. I just don't need more. And that got me thinking about how like, I think that I really only have like, I think I have very few friends, very close friends who are like truly like straight male besties. And I think it's because it's, it's not a perspective that's especially important to me. Or like, I, I, just, I texted this to you once. I was like, it's important to have a straight male bestie because like the straight male perspective is a common one, but it's not an important one. And I like, think- like, you need to get their advice, but you don't need to take it. Right. And like, I think that in general, just like where this comes from is like, I think that I don't trust most straight men to, like with like full like emotional vulnerability. I think there's very, there's very few, I have very few male friends who I, who I think, like, can kind of cut through, like, compat interactions, if that makes sense. No, I get that. And I think that you and I each have, like, a go-to. Our, our SMBs, our straight male Our straight male besties. I think that you and I each have, like, the ones that we go to when we need to, yeah. like, understand things. And I think an important part of of those relationships is that they've never been anything but platonic. That's a very fair point. I think that I have other, like, I can think of other very close friends of mine who I love so much, but, like, our relationship hasn't always been platonic, and, like, that will always, even if we have a very genuine post, like, non-platonic relationship friendship, I think that that past will always color our interactions. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's, it, and vice versa, like, I think that there are people who you can have, like, good, you know, platonic friendships with who you are romantically interested in, but, like, you kind of, you, there's always the room to imagine, like, would something happen here? I think that's what this person's talking about. They're like, would something happen here? And, like, and you wouldn't be upset about it, then it's not a purely, then it's, I don't think that means it's a platonic relationship, even yeah. slightly. Right. Right. And maybe this is like a good difference because I, 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 I watched like a really interesting TikTok about. It. I probably sent it to you. Um, someone saying how like guys in general are not really friends with girls who they aren't attracted to. Not in like a oh I'm not friends with ugly women, but in like a if you're friends with a girl, you probably like they probably can envision themselves dating her or being like romantically or sexually connected to her. Yeah, I, oh, I do think you sent me that one, and this reminds me, I think this actually goes against Fox Theory by Tinks, but this is advice that I feel like I've been giving to people recently, which is that, okay, so Tinks is, like, Fox Theory, is that, like, men, is that, like, people put romantic or sexual, like, interests in, like, boxes of, like, relationship, not relationship, and I don't know how true that is, but what I do think is that I think that, like, because women are so conditioned to try to make themselves attractive to men and to try to make men, like, like, being likable for women has to, has a lot to do with being seen as desirable, and I think that because, because men don't have to do that, I think that uh, there's a lot more, I've noticed among my male friends 
being much more open to like shifting how they see their female friends as like platonic or not platonic where I think for for women it's much more common to go into a friendship thinking that it might be not platonic and then realize it is over time does that make sense yeah yeah I think I see what you're saying um I mean, back to it, back to like the, the questions, the actual advice. Um, I mean, it's so vague, but like, I would say just like, you know, continue to like suss out the situation and like see, like, you know, if you, if you are like getting genuine feelings for like some of your friends, like that's something to think about and something to consider. But like in general, like, I think that, of, like, of course, like straight men and women can have just genuine platonic relationships. Um, but then it's also a matter of like how how good are those relationships? Like how interesting as you said. Like I, I think that one of the one of the wisdoms that Sheer gave to you that you gave to me was like there's really only room for like one purely platonic straight male friendship in your inner circle. You can have lots of like you know peripheral purely platonic relationships, but purely platonic male friendships, which I think that I have. Um, but in terms of like inner circle people who you go to for like emotional advice people who like you interact with or just like talk to frequently there's kind of only room for one i agree it's i would I... and if you have more than one i hate to break something to you <laughs> what 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 is it it may not be platonic oh yeah yeah that's true um but i also would tell the the asker of this question that I don't think there's anything wrong with having friendships with men that are not purely platonic and I think it's a good opportunity to start thinking about how your instinct is to make yourself seem desirable like start considering like why do I want to make myself desirable to someone I'm not interested in and like I don't think that it's like on every single woman to like stop doing that immediately like I certainly haven't stopped doing it but I think that I do think a little bit harder about it now interesting I think it's a, it's again this is of course a kind of reflective of um heteronormativity where like I feel like it's weird that you think that like we think we've been conditioned to think I guess that like in order just to have like you know friendships with men you have to like you have to offer something else too which is like really I don't know I'm not sure that's what you're I'm not sure that's what you were getting at but um I think that like what I'm getting at is that like the instinct for a lot of women is that in every interaction with a man they want to make themselves seem desirable or I don't not every I notice myself doing this. I want to be desirable to people who I'm not interested in. And I think that we can also, I know that you and I have talked a lot about like growing up being told that you're like hot or pretty or cute or funny and like how all those descriptors affect you as you get older. Um, And we'll talk about that a different episode. But like, I think that, I just think that like thinking about how you interact with men, for me thinking about how I interact with straight men I'm not interested in has made me interrogate a lot of like the ways I think about myself and has made me notice a lot of systems of patriarchy around me yeah 
I think this kind of ties in. And again, I, I can't wait for the episode where we talk about, like, growing, like, the type of girl that you were grow, growing up and, like, the type of, like, interactions you had with, like, with your male peers, like, how that shapes, how that shapes how you, um, how, what it's like to be, like, a young adult woman now. Um, I think something about this question is that, you know, she says she went to an all-girls school and, like, that really impacted, like, her friends growing up. I didn't go to an all-girls school. I went, I know you didn't either, but, like, most of my friends, like, most of my close friendships, I don't think until, not until university did I have, like, a, like, did I have close friendships with straight men? Like, I would be friendly, of course, you know, like, peers and stuff, but, like, I wouldn't talk about, like, my, I wouldn't, like, ask them for, like, emotional support or emotional advice in the way that I feel like I always would with my friends who were with my female friends. And definitely not in a way that like I have now with 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 my with my straight male bestie. Yeah, it's a type. It's the SMB. That's the SMB is a really important character in everyone's life. Um, I think that I have found my my most fulfilling <laughs> straight male friendships in college. Okay, we have to cut out this past part because it's a bit too revealing. But a huge criteria of your SMB is that they can't have at any point in the past or in the future been on your burner yeah like they can like not at any point on the they don't have any position on the burner um I agree with you on the burner and I think that when I when I think of like the two people who I would say like are solidly in SMB territory for me they've both always felt very off limits yeah I, I I think that's a good criteria to have I mean, I guess, like, obviously there's exceptions, like, maybe someone who, like, at first they were a uh, romantic interest, and then you're like, no, we are, like, are only good as friends, and, like, now they're, you know, now they're your SMB. I guess there's, like, the, um... I think that's, re- I think that's really... Jamie and, what's his name, Jamie and Lucy from the Mindy Project. I... Th- Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was when B- it was. When I remember BJ Jamie, who's character, but who's Lucy? Latin professor. No, I remember this, like, Jamie. Best friend. I think I just don't remember Lucy. Maybe that wasn't her name, but he was her. He was her female best friend, or he was. He was her SMB. They like never, you know, like they're always like, oh no, like we would never, like we're not in love with each other. We're just best friends, and then. Like, oh my god! Wait, other. that's like that's like in New Girl, Doctor Sam, and that like friend of his. From, like, med school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, like, ran and off like, together. Like, and how about your Ted and Robin? Like, they really want to pretend that Ted can be Robin's SMB, but he can't because he's in love with her. Yeah, that was, that's and they, dumb. And, and, and they did in the past. That's very no, fair. SMBs are really important. Um, do we have more questions? Okay, that's yeah, so the question that really, to um, your tweet that was messaged in the bottle. It's just, it's just favorite Taylor lyrics. Oh, well, you go. Um, I mean, this is like our weekly segment. Like, what Taylor Swift lyrics have you written down in your notes app? Um, listen, I, I can't pick. How can a mother pick her favorite child? Yeah. Don't Sophie's Choice me. Um, I'm checking right now. Like, what are ones that I, I will say? Um, I really like. I don't know if this is officially like. I don't know what constitutes something to be like a turn of phrase, but she has really good turns of phrase. 
like you made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter i think about that twice a day um i love that i something uh one that i think about very often is it's like i'm wasting your honor from peace i talk shit with my friends it's like i'm wasting your honor i think that's such a like a kind and vulnerable thing to say about your partner you really love I find that your favorite Taylor lyrics are, like, the very understated, more, like, simple ones that, like, remind me of, like, Phoebe Bridgers lyrics, which is yes. why I think you would love Phoebe Bridgers, but you don't listen to her enough. I don't. Um, I agree. I think that I really, well, I think the ones that I like of hers are, maybe they sound like Phoebe Bridgers, but to me they sound, a, like, a little bit more like Lord, like, like, very, like, raw and, like, not, not very crafty. Yeah. Or, like, the craftiness I, isn't in, the craftiness isn't in, like, the rhymes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I, I love, I love all types of her lyrics. I, I do love the ones that feel very crafty as well, but, like, in a different way than I love the just, like, you know, like, please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize yeah. That's, like, that's, like, not, a, like, a well-crafted rhyme. She just repeats it over and over, but it's, like, an insight. Like, I love, like, lyrics that just feel insightful and they're sad because they have to be sad not because they like fit with the melody yeah I think I feel that way about a lot of state of grace um the state of grace they also fit with the melody so well right like these are the hands of fate you're my you're my Achilles heel like it's not it just captures a feeling so well yeah or like in treacherous like oh I could talk about treacherous forever but oh put your lips close to mine just as long as they don't touch it like it paints it's so simple, and then yeah. it, but it conveys, like, a hundred different feelings. All we are is skin and bones trained to get along. Like, that's so true. Yeah, she's so right about that. <laughs> she's, she's so right. She's so right about that. <laughs> Taylor um, figured okay. it out. But then, of course, like, when, mm, this is not my comparison, but um, amazing YouTuber Julia Cudney, love her videos. She, in one of her, like, she did a ranking of every single Taylor song pre-folklore funny enough like it came up two days before taylor dropped folklore um and she was talking about cold as you like track five from like taylor's debut which i you know admittedly don't really listen to so much just because it's, it's not my favorite of her albums and she's really young on it that's one but of one the best of songs off she, that album though oh it's one of my favorites in the album too and, it, and it's like it's up there with my favorite of hers of all time it's and she says and you come away with the cute little story of the mess of a dreamer with the nerve, the nerve to, adore to adore you. you. Like, story and adore you are, are not a perfect rhyme. A perfect rhyme it is not. But, like, it's so good. Like, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. A slant rhyme. Mrs. Khan, my English teacher, if you're listening, I remember slant rhymes. I'll never forget what they are. What was your favorite lyric from 10 Minute All Too Well? Like, the favorite My favorite lyric. lyric from 10 Minute All Too Well um that's a really good question just between us did the love affair meme you too that's good i think they're all good i i think that's the one that has really stuck with me because i feel like i can relate to it but it's they're all really good what's so good about all too well like what i i think that 10 minute has made me appreciate the original version even more because like it's a it's 10 minutes of like fantastic music and like Taylor and Liz Rose knew which like the best like I think they I think that they made all the right choices when they released the original all too well yeah I mean I also think that like 
do I think that she like probably you know 2021 Taylor like went back and edited even more like yeah probably that's like not like the right I, that seems like way less interesting than to talk about like how she's still able to like even if she even if it's like not all from 2012 the fact that she's able to like you know write this in general because it's just a fantastic song but then also like write from like a past experience like it really is it's just so powerful we don't we had a lot of all too well thoughts um one of them being you know like i think you tweeted this and it was so beautiful like maybe never have to be silenced or stifled yeah i agree do we have any more there's a question that i want to ask both of us but mostly myself can we talk about taylor lyrics for a little bit longer sure we can talk about taylor lyrics um because I had, I have one more thing to say, or I have many things to say about All Too Well. I don't know if we addressed this on the podcast, but um, why I love 10 Minutes so much um, was, like, when she kept singing back, like, like the, how it ends, where it's just, like, it was rare, I was there, I was there. She keeps saying, like, I was there, I was there, you were there, you remember it? Like, this 10-minute song, it's not just, like, you know, a powerful breakup ballad, but it's almost like, I said this back in November, I feel this way now, it's like she feels like she has to justify why she felt so strongly even for like a short-lived thing um for like you know the, this like three months like after three months in the grave like why like why does it feel to quote red like tell myself it's time now, i gotta let go why she can't she feel like she moved on okay that like reminded me of like, one of my other favorite lyrics from all too well 10 minutes which is you never called it what it was till we were dead and go- dead and gone and buried do you have any more taylor thoughts for right now Ugh, I, I we'd be here all day. Okay, um, I really I want to hear your answer to this as a Canadian. Um, with doing no additional research, if you lived in Michigan, who do you think you would have voted for in the twenty twenty Democratic primaries? Not if you lived in Michigan. If you lived in Iowa and you had your full your full choice of everyone. Oh, okay. My. I- Okay, as of like right now, like thinking like back in retrospect, I want to I want to say either either Pete or Elizabeth Warren. Okay. I think this would have been like I think I think it would have been one of them probably. Yeah. I probably would have done more research. Um, as an American, we don't encourage doing research on this podcast. <laughs> what is what's your answer? I would have voted for Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. Good question. Any other questions? I don't think we have more questions, but we did get, we got a repeat, I don't even know if you've seen these texts, we got a repeated request for a, a caller. A caller? Should we, should we add her in? Yeah, I'm going to add our caller. Um, while we were recording, Talia Levitt, um, my News Teens Care About co-host, repeatedly asked if she could join, so I'm going to add her to the call. I want to read the text that she she sent a bunch of texts. She sent a lot of texts. Hey, hey Talia, we're we're recording. What do you want to say? We just finished Ben's up. Also here. Hi, ben. Hi Ben. This is a double guest feature. I know. Oh my god, I did not think you would actually call me. Yeah, I told you we would call. Uh, we got to make it snappy though. Oh my god, I, am I supposed to think of something to say? You told you you told us you had comments. Oh, on the last podcast, yes. Well, I was listening to it and sending commentary as I was listening. Um, I'll comment on the bird pooping part of it because you guys talked about that for like a second. I got pooped on by a bird two days ago at the beach. You didn't tell me this. <laughs> there are very funny pictures. Sorry for I was sitting there talking to, I was with my two friends from Nativ and one of her 
one of my friends had her cousins and we were meeting up with them at the beach. I was there playing juice geography with the mother. They're from Montreal. And all of a sudden I feel something drop on my shoulder and I see my friends start laughing. I was like, what? And then a bird. <laughs> ben Levitt, have you ever been pooped on by a bird? I haven't, but that was not your first time. No, my other time was at Yad Vashem. Oh! Oh! How do you remember that, Jamie? You weren't there either. I don't remember telling me about that. No, there was one time I thought I was pooped by a bird like a long time ago. I'm pretty sure. I have really bad luck, so probably. That's so tough. Ben, do you feel like you're missing out having not been pooped on by a bird? There are many things in life I want to try and do, and that's not in the top 100. Maybe it's in the top, like, 1,000. Wait, can we ask them the question? Wait, wait, wait. What if you tell us? Text. Okay, and then I want to I want to ask them the question we just answered. Okay. Okay. Um, I can comment on that. The owls, the mustaches. She was a weirdo. This <laughs> <laughs> Justin. Talia says that Danny was a weirdo. Is a tween. Remember my skirt phase? I would like wear out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'd wear a skirt to school. The classic Danny outfit. She had this like white skirt that was like I don't know what material it was. It wasn't cloth, whatever. Some like white wasn't cotton i can't speak so, okay a white skirt and then the bethany moda teal shirt with the glasses on it did you see i told you this is, with, with her fake glasses i'm gonna be real who knows if her half half down this is a live roast yeah as it always is whenever is here okay yeah. talia you're up first um who if you lived in iowa and you were 18 <laughs> During the 2020 Democratic presidential oh, primary, who would you have voted for? Elizabeth Warren, 100%. Oh, yes, next up, Ben. Oh, same thing. Yeah, Warren. Okay, I'm really proud of all of us. We we all gave that answer, except Danny said maybe Pete, and I Danny said... Danny loves Pete for no reason. Pete's, Pete's a cutie. He's got cute kids. Did you listen to the Ezra Klein show, his first one back since paternity leave? I have not listened to it oh, yet. He talks about how Pete was getting all this flack for going on paternity leave. Oh, well, I'm excited to listen to it. Maybe I'll listen to it on a walk later. Um, but I will say, I did say that I, I think that I might have ended up voting for Bernie Sanders on Super Tuesday, which is when Michigan votes. But right. I, I was going to say, that does affect the question, because like, a lot yeah. of people dropped out. Like, if it was... You could, if you could ask, like, if you like you were in a different primary, the answer might be different. Also, because, like, you remember after after Iowa, didn't Pete win Iowa or someone? Pete? Yeah, Pete? Iowa. No, Iowa was Iowa was called for Pete, but Bernie won Iowa. Okay, go on. Guess who was in the city that we are in right now? Who? Oh, Joe Biden? Joe Biden. I was listening on Pod Save America to them talk about it. Yeah, well, my dad and I were just stuck on the highway for, like, 20 minutes at a standstill because of him. I'm so and sorry. Ben was going to go protest. It's the McCain era. Guys, I made a protest sign. I was going to show me your sign. What are you protesting? The fact that he doesn't do anything. Oh, that's like, actually a really good point. Should I be watch my words? <laughs> no, no, no. This is fine. Don't watch your words. I'll join in you. I do have to be careful what I say because, like, this could come back to haunt me. So I feel like he is, he is a lot of talk but is, like, coming to speak in Atlanta, we're not the people that need to be convinced. The people that need to be convinced are his caucus. That's very fair. Um, and I was list- – I, I, like, don't get joy out of listening to Pod Save America anymore, but sometimes they do actually make me think about the strategy. And, like, I I very much agree that, like, Atlanta's symbolic and this seems like work that he should be doing among Democrats. Yeah, no, I agree that Atlanta's symbolic and uh, – 
and I, it does mean a lot that he has come. This is, I think, his fourth trip to Atlanta in the years since he's been elected. Um, he comes here a lot, and he recognizes like how much Georgia saved the nation and how much Metro Atlanta and the city of Atlanta and all the activism here has saved the nation. But um, it is frustrating that it feels like we're being lectured at, and it's causing this big disruption for him to come when he's not coming with any material you know, product. And it probably won't come. Like, it probably... How, on a scale of, of not to material, how material does, um, like, proposing yet another filibuster carve-out feel to you? Like, he can propose, I think, I think it's, it's really good progress, and when I woke up this morning and saw it, I was thrilled. I think that whatever he does, like, I mean, the power of the presidency, both as a bully pulpit and also as, as a negotiator, is, 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 cannot be understated and, and he would have power to work with someone like Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema. All my homies hate Joe Manchin. All my homies hate Joe Manchin and his houseboat. His houseboat, yes, we hate that. But like like I mean to put ourselves into Joe Manchin's shoes, like we hate him, but like he there's currently no like real pressure that would be effective on him yeah. on voting rights because it's not been a priority. So like Biden coming to here to Atlanta to say he proposes a filibuster you know, carve out is, is to me like amazing and important that Biden supports it and is, will be symbolic. But like, I wish he was in the room with Joe Manchin finding a compromise. Like we're not going to get everything we want on voting rights. We all know that, but like we need something. something I also feel very differently about Joe Manchin on voting rights from how I do on Kirsten Cinema and really, really big spending proposals because the, the, background factors for the two of them arizona is a, st- a state that's getting more and more like leaning more and more democratic as opposed to like joe manchin will probably be the last democratic senator from west virginia for a long time and kirsten cinema has no excuse to be acting the way she does yeah i completely agree i think like i'm a little bit of a fatalist when it comes to like the federal policy there was a really good op-ed in the new york times that Esther Klein wrote a couple days ago about like the politics of, of locality yeah of i read that one yeah local. All my homies do love Ezra Klein. Yeah, he's back from fraternity leave and better than ever. (laughs) So I think that that is kind of like um, an interesting approach. It is just hard. I mean, yesterday I was like, my internship, one of my internships is in the state house, uh, in the state senate. So I was in the state senate yesterday and like, you just get the sense of like how much things are on the defensive. Like there's no way that in a state like Georgia, we can, we can actually, you know, make voting an equitable activity the way things are so you need federal government and yet federal government is very difficult to make progress so it's this like weird tension and duality and i don't have a solution but i just feel like as a young person like very frustrated um especially who lives in georgia about like the state of voting rights and on a final exciting note guess what just came in the mail to our house what just came in the mail none other than better new stacy abrams for governor shirts exciting wow very fun I can share. Ben wants me to wear them to a certain. A, not a lot of people at Harvard are Republicans, but like I know a few that are like on like different boards with me, and Ben wants me to wear the shirt to a board meeting. I <laughs> think that could be preemptively. Honestly, I don't think I just going to podcast to preemptively cut this out. Talia loves making friends with Republicans. Um, but also Ben, for what you were saying about how you have to you have to watch your mouth. Anytime I say anything, I'm always like. Don't show this to the Senate if I ever need to be confirmed for a position. Because of Neera Tandon, I always want to be like, what if every single tweet I've ever tweeted ever was like brought to like a bunch of Republicans? 
they would have a fun fun old time looking at those um i really am still recording danny do you have any recommendations for us as we close out recommendations um everything my parents did wrong news teens care about with tally levitt and my gamer no 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 plug for it's coming back it's coming back, it's coming back. we're calling it news we care about because we're turning 20 mm-hmm. the month of may between may 20th and may 30th get ready some big birthdays oh, it's your champagne birthday do americans know what, know, do americans know what champagne birthday is apparently they don't yes i do but i think we americans also call it know about what Boy, you're the most fake american i know because you know so many canadians um d- fun fact i'm a quarter canadian the classic aqua song, Dr. Jones, and the Associated Dance. That was made by the Megan Boys. The Megan Boys literally made that. The Megan Boys made- what? I didn't know that. It's a very niche Toronto Jewish community thing. Wait, the Megan Boys made that? Okay, I recommend, this is my recommendation. Everyone listen to Dr. Jones by the band Aqua. They also sing Barbie Girl. dance, though, not the song. No, we'll learn the learn the song, and then next week I'll teach the dance. <laughs> You'll teach it like step by step on the podcast, like right foot out, left foot out. Patreon, yeah. Patreon exclusive, okay. Patreon exclusive. The podcast medium is not very good for <laughs> teaching dances. Hey, not if your Jenny Summerlis who taught videos should go along with podcasts. We're <laughs> we're gonna make it work. <laughs> um, T Love Ben, any recommendations? Ben does not get a nickname. <laughs> Everyone say your favorite thing that one of the Levitt parents has said in their family um group meet or their family WhatsApp. What's up? Describing to my friends the content contents of our family WhatsApp group chat, which obviously the Levitts use WhatsApp, like that's classic. Us, that's but, classic. Um, just like the to the point where we had to say that there was only one ICU capacity update per day allowed in our group. <laughs> thank you, Danny. Goodbye. Thank you for recording this. Our guests, thank you for joining. Of course. Thank you for sending questions. Thank you for sending in questions. We love you. We love you all. Our Twitter followers. Okay. Bye. Okay. Mwah.